When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Telfer and right now, very now, I am joined by my close associate, Sean McGuigan. Hello there. And you know what happens when David Copperfield and Claudia Schiffer of the Terrace get together? That's right, we serve up a 14-inch plate of lower league Scottish football and we're going to tip it right down your ears whether you like it or not. Who's who, Sean? Uh, I, I, I suspect you're Claudia Schiffer. I listen. I'm happy. I was reading. I was actually reading up about uh, David Copperfield in Wikipedia. He's very wealthy. All right. But well, do you want to be David Copperfield? Aye, aye. I think in the grand. Is, it, is it a good egg? Is it a good egg? Very wealthy. Did he did he get mauled by a tiger? Was that another no, magician? That that was. I was looking at him. I was going to call us a Siegfried and Roy first, but then I was sure I've done that, and I was spinning the Rolodex in my mind of celebrity magicians. <laughs> And then it was David Copperfield and his uh, beautiful German model wife, Claudia Schiffer. So, well, 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 whatever, let, let, let the uh, let, let listeners decide. Exactly. This is, this is democracy. Uh, send us a tweet saying, uh, saying who should be who in this and we'll look forward to reading it. But on today's podcast, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently. Normally, we spend an hour or so talking about three games from the lower leagues, but a lack of preparation and just Sean and I being very busy uh, with a, a number of things is put paid to that. So we've asked you guys to help out. Earlier today, we asked you to get in touch with us via Twitter with questions about the Championship, League One, League Two and beyond. And we are going to answer them, really. Some were dreadful, uh, but most of them were quite good. So thank you. And we're going to do our very best to, to get through them all. But Sean, just before we get going, I'd like to say it's good to see you again. It's been uh, just under 24 hours since I last saw you. 
Yes, yes, and uh, what I would say is, uh, I, I don't know if we've discussed this recently, but you have you have a beautiful floor. Have we discussed this recently? Your floor no, is beautiful. It was only put in on Monday. The floor, uh, it's beautiful. It's herringbone flooring fitted by a company called Limelight Flooring, who I'd highly recommend if you think you get flooring done. They were recommended to me by Forfar Athletic Captain Ross Meakin. So uh, I'm going to start going to him for, for a mother needs. I, but they were, they were brilliant. The guys were excellent. It's really a first-class job they've done. Um, however, I, I'm, I'm currently sitting on my stomach on the floor. Um, basically, Sean, as you can see there over my shoulder, a big pile of, big pile of cardboard. You see that? Yes. And this side, a big pile of clothes. So yes. I feel like one of those sort of like uh, lunatic aristocrats who just choose to live in squalor, like they've got thousands and thousands of pounds in the bank. They're just terrified to spend it, so they, so they live like an absolute tramp. I hope, uh, I hope we're going to recycle those, uh, whether I'm in your clothes or the cardboard. Well, oh, that's, that's up for you to decide. That's why the cardboard's piled up. I'm going to take it to the tip at the weekend uh, and dispose of it. I've got a carpet. I've got a carpet put in the bedroom. And uh, the, so the old carpet, that wasn't part of the contract that the, the fitter would take it away. So I've got to do that. So I'm going to have to make about three trips down to the couch. Uh, at some point over the weekend, uh, which is which I'm sure is a great way to to, to spend your your precious. And, and honestly, though, and, and honestly, I I saw that flooring and I thought somebody's doing very well for themselves. Well, I would I, I, if I look at the floor and said somebody's getting paid the same amount of money as me for appearing on regional BBC television. That's that's what the floor would say to me, Sean. If I if I was you looking at that floor, I'd be like, hmm, I have the similar sort of income to Craig Telford, and perhaps I can think about doing the same thing with my <laughs> living room. But that's up to you. So yeah, check them out, Limelight Flooring. Um, this is the opposite of the Mangrate. Uh, I would actually heartily recommend Limelight Flooring. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend the Mangrate who that I've spent about a good. 50, 60, 70 minutes of my life just re-watching the what is the man great you ask video. Anyway Sean like, enough about us. Uh, I suppose no we should say that the, the new series of View Through the Terrace is back. That's Yes, that's yes it's, uh, it's back on Friday evening uh, BBC uh, Scotland Channel 10.30pm and what I would say is uh, we spent all day uh, yesterday making it and then I went back to my normal work today and it, it, it felt shit. Oh man tell me back about at normal work it was rubbish. I mean, I don't, I don't usually say this, but I mean, providing I mean, it gets edited today and tomorrow, in fact, it gets edited like, like Wednesday night and Thursday, then all the graphics, etc., and all the fancy stuff gets all, all put together on like the Friday morning. If all the funny stuff's taken in, I think it could be one of the funniest episodes. I, I thought it was a funny episode. I, I am worried that they, they, they might take out some stuff about uh, Nazis, anthrax, and uh, leather jackets. But if they leave all of those bits in, it could be a very, very funny episode. Do you think they're leaving the line about the trombone? No, no, they do. <laughs> no, no, they definitely. But that that would also four things. Those, those four things would make it a very funny episode. Yeah, that's it. You think it's a, a, it's a if, if you think you're sort of making a, a late night television show, and it's like anything goes, like the, the early days of Channel Five. We can assure you it's really not like that at all. But anyway, listen, let's get into it. We'll start with the questions. Um, there's some good stuff in here. And we'll just go, we'll take the first one. It is from a very good friend of ours, Mr. Alistair Gemmel, a United oh, yeah. fan, who is... 
No, sorry, I'm, I'm still supposed to be working, oh. so I'm just moving my mouse until half past. Right, there you go. There's, there's a dark peak behind the curtain of Surveillance Britain. There you go. It's, it's 1984, but it's in Sean McGuigan's front room. Frightening thought. What I was going to say, Sean, is we have a question from our good friend Alistair Gemmel, uh, Air United fan, who wants to know, should Air United give Jim Duffy the manager's job on a permanent basis? And if not, who should be the leading candidate? Uh, I think... Bear in mind, he has he has taken seven points from nine. He has taken a squad that looked uh, desperate yes. and kind of bashed them into shape. Then, yes, he, he probably should be. I, I wouldn't be giving him a long contract. I think I'd be giving him a, a contract to the end of this season. But I can consider the mess that they were in and and the fact that he appears to be hauling them out of that by their by their bootstraps. Then yes, I think it's fair enough. And see, if you if you didn't give it to if you didn't give it to to, to Jim Duffy, who are you giving it to? You don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's many people out there you could offer it to. Uh, I, I think some Air fans would like to give it to John Hughes. Uh, I, I believe his nickname is Yogi. Oh, that John Hughes. I know you're talking with the the film. Don't, don't get me wrong. That, that might work well, but considering his his short term record, then I Jim Duffy makes sense in the short term. That's a big thing, isn't it? I think that I, I was reading comments on the United thread from on Pine Bovel from Dumbarton supporters. And Dumbarton supporter actually made quite a good point about Jim Duffy's teams. They tend to, to start well, they get a good initial bounce, but then the longer it goes on, the worse it gets. And, and particularly if you think about how, just how heinous a side, we've spoken about a lot this, this Dumbarton thing, a lot PTSD, watching those games back um, <laughs> from last season. They, they were horrendous to watch. And, and I'm not, not saying that, that that Air United have been at all. I'm sure that Jim Duffy's Dumbarton, I need to go and check, actually started, they looked quite a handy side until eventually they became really, really bad. So I would have that in the back of my mind. And I, do you know what I think for a, a, a person of Jim Duffy's profile going to Air United as an assistant to David Hopkins, I think that says quite a lot about where Jim Duffy's ambitions might lie at the moment. You know, truly the name itself, Jim Duffy, would open numerous doors in Scottish football, given his, that he's a, sort of been around the house. He's a, I think he's got a... He's, exit doors. <laughs> exit doors or entrance doors. Well, you know that, that, he's, that he's, a, he's a name, he's, he's high profile, he's, he's had reasonable success at, at, at some place. I can't think of any off the top of my head. But to, to you be know, fair, I tell you what I would say, that, that I agree with what you're saying. However, Jim, it, it felt like Jim Duffy's managerial career was very much on the wane. To, to such a degree that when he joined up with Hopkins Air, you feel like that was it. Oh, like definitely. His- that's that, that's that's what I'm saying. That, that that's things saying like in, in terms of his own ambition, where his managerial key, managerial key career is at. And on top of that, his health. I'm sure when he was at Dumbarton, he uh, had a heart attack as well. So it just depends on what he wants to do. I might be comfortable in the, in, in the meantime, but certainly I would. Fuck, I'm trying to think what I would do if I was at United because he's done well so far. You can't say like seven points out of, out of nine from a team that were absolutely floundering. That's a pretty pretty handy return. Yeah, because they looked they looked desperate, and then he seems to have he's got something out of them. Uh, I, I could see why. If I was Jim Duffy and I wanted the job, I, I I could see why I would be asking the chairman like what's happening here. From a if I was an United fan, I'd be like, well, maybe you'd given given it to him a wee bit. Early, mm-hmm. like maybe you could, maybe you could interview some other people. Maybe you could run the rule, rule over four or five other 
manage, potential managers. Who would these potential managers be? You mentioned John Yogi. Who's his one? Can you think of anyone else who might? <laughs> uh, that, that's the one that that's the one that several Air fans, not necessarily sensible ones, have been suggesting would be the the the, the most obvious choice. Yeah, I can't think of anyone. Darren Young's name seems to crop up. You know something? His his star seems to be very much on the wane. I mean, East yeah. Fife looked dreadful. There's a point that there is a point where football managers, uh, even if they're doing well, probably need to get out of dodge. And Darren Young probably should have done so a long time ago. I think so. But I suppose it's just all the opportunities though that came up that, that, that came up. I'm sure he interviewed for the might have been for the Partick Thistle job at the same time as Ian McCall. And, and got it. You know, not everyone can be like an Alex Ferguson and stay on top for for so long. I think that that only in rare cases, football management just really seems to be a cyclical thing that only lasts two, three years at one club before you before you need to move on. But uh, good luck to United and, and Alistair. Thank you very much for getting in touch with the question. This is one, Sean. That, <laughs> this is one from you in Richmond, and he said, "Would you rather have a season where Stennis being managed by Scott Booth?" And the equivalent for you is Wraith uh, uh, Rovers with Claude and Elka managing them or as a director of football or watch a full Badil syndrome in one sitting. That's from you in Richmond. What do you think about that? Now, I, I suppose the, the advantage you have here is that you have watched all of Badil, all the episodes of Badil syndrome, uh, not just once, but uh, several times. I so think you, Sean, you're aware I, I, of, of how good or how bad is it one series, two series? Only one series, 13 episodes. Right, so, so you're aware of how of how poor uh, all 13 episodes are. I, I I would not put myself through that. So that's where I, I am at a disadvantage. I suppose when I put myself into a, a kind of rational position here, so there are only 30-minute episodes, aren't they? Yep. Right, so it's six and a half, six and a half hours. Yep. So if I can watch Bedell Syndrome for six and a half hours... I don't have to have to put up with Claude and Elka anymore. It feels like uh that feels like a good sacrifice. It doesn't. The thing is, I actually have watched Padil Syndrome more than anyone else in the world. I genuinely think that's the case. All thirteen episodes are available on YouTube. I watched them numerous times. Like I, I take the laptop with me into the shower and I watch stuff there. I watch stuff in bed. I have it uh, on in the background if I'm playing the PlayStation or I'm watching the football <laughs> on the telly. Do you want to? Do, do you want to kind of get into why you watch it? Do you, you want to leave that? That's the thing. I don't know. I mean, it's, I've, I, I used to. Because you know it's bad. Yeah, and I don't laugh at it. I, I just, it's, a, it's, a perverse, it's a perverse thing. I think it comes back down to, there's a, I, see, I don't remember watching it. I'd never heard of it until a couple of years ago. But I remember somebody posted an advert, or no, sorry, I posted an article from The Guardian from 2001 before it was broadcast, and it was that it was when Sky One wanted to become the British version of HBO, and they wanted to they wanted to, to commission different shows. Now, Badil syndrome, but David Badil, uh, when he was being interviewed for it, said there's a tradition in the United States where comedi- stand-up comedians get their own shows based on him. So he mentioned like Seinfeld, The Cosby Show, Roseanne. Two of the, I mean, there's. Two of them are disgraced, and, and one of them goes out with what people two thirds of his age. Um, but that's that's fine. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's just a bit just a bit weird. Anyway, <laughs> and I think 
Badil syndrome has single-handedly killed that idea and in, in, in the, the United Kingdom because it's really, really bad. It was written by David Badil. It was written by Peter Bradshaw, who is the film critic at The Guardian. Uh, Peter Bradshaw is actually quite good in it as uh, Lord Peter Harrington. But it's just, it's, it's just the jokes are really bad. It's got a laughter track on it. And I think this is around the time when The Office was out and, and you really saw them move away from laughter tracks. It's... It's just not funny, it's not clever, and it's really bad, yet somehow I have watched it more than anyone else in the in the planet, I'm sure. How, how, how many times do you think you've watched it? I think that the, the episode Dream Home, which is my favourite out of a lot of them, I think I must have watched that about 30 times. 30? Aye. 30 times? Aye, three zero. So, so approximately 15 hours? Yeah, so that's... Um, so just to, can I just answer you and Richmond's question? I will watch the full episode. I will watch all 13 episodes in one sitting. That's fine. You need to change the question a bit. It's like, you may say like Badil Syndrome some sort of punishment. I don't mind watching Badil Syndrome. I'll happily watch Badil Syndrome. Change the question you. Next time we're doing this, come back with something a bit more a bit more difficult. It, it, it doesn't make a lick of sense, but there we go. No, it doesn't. Uh, Sean, do you remember when you said the Cali Thistle squad could challenge for the title because we were lacking squad depth? Then we brought Sean Welsh, Billy McKay and Aaron Doran off the bench in our first game of the season. Ask Scott Bambi. I don't remember that. And can Inverness go the season without defeat? Ask Big Sammy Tollins boy. No, because our squad's thin. Next question. This is from SW Groundhopper. He asks, I'm heading to Scotland in February for my first match. Which ground should I visit and why? Oh, that's good. So which which ground should you visit? So bear in mind, we did a, a, a ground topper uh, yesterday. Uh, good question. Uh, Gayfield is an obvious one because yes. it's unique and it's difficult to think of somewhere else where you'll... Easy to get there by train, loads of decent pubs, great pub uh, across the road, uh, a, a, a kind of quaint stadium that is uh, unique and loads of... Uh, Loads of kind of local people that will that will kind of take you take you in. Uh, they'll they'll be they'll very much welcome you in. It, like you can walk into a pub and say like I am from wherever I'm from, and and they will welcome you in like a pal. Yeah, no, I I I'd agree that Gayfield's the obvious one. I'm trying to think what else. Say say Gayfield was shut down for renovation or the the blueberry harvest had been poor that year and they had to grow it on on the Gayfield pitch. <laughs> Then I was trying to think what the, the other grounds that perhaps... Yeah, I, I just almost snorted. Almost snorted in my nose. The delivery <laughs> harvest. <laughs> Sorry, a handful of people that will get that. But um, the, the one that came to mind is uh, Galabank to go and watch Anna Athletic. I was down at the Galabank a couple of weeks ago. It was the first time I'd been... Well, I'd been down when Stennis Muir were, got relegated in 2019. So it was the first time I'd been down in about two years, and it was a Saturday, it was a nice day. And and just, it's such a brilliantly contained little area where you've got the, the social club is fantastic in there. And I can imagine that for, for a town of Annenside being a real community hub where they have like live music and and um, uh, singers and and. and and I'm just trying to think of things they do in Phoenix nights, uh, mediums and stuff that, that perhaps would come along and, and, and do that. But it's big, it's spacious, it's, it's well-priced, and you can take a handful of steps and you're into the ground. And Gallibank to watch the football is fantastic. You've got a nice little grandstand that runs along the length of the pitch uh, and behind the goals, which apparently, 
when we went down there a couple of weeks ago, it was told it was the Stirling Albion end, which I've never, ever, you know, it's like at Hamden, you get the Rangers and Celtic end. This apparently, this part ends the Stirling Albion end behind the goals. Uh, and it's, it's great to go and stand. Why, why, did, did you get a, 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 an explanation as to why it was the, the Stirling Albion end? I don't know. I think Stirling Albion must just stand there when they go there a, a lot, but then so do lots of other fans. But uh, going there is great to watch football, especially in nice state. And I think that for a club of Annan's size and what they need, then Gallibank's, Gallibank's amazing. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend, recommend that. What about, uh, I'm trying to think of other venues to go. What about uh, in League One? I, th- I think Montrose is a good Yes, a good venue. To, that to, would, to be, that would be my, my third pick would be Montrose. Uh, Montrose, it's like the, the ground is a 10-minute walk from the train station, there's about a good five or six pubs you pass on the way there yep. that are all all pretty nice. You could you could easily happily spend a, a, an evening uh, just in, in them, and it's just a great to watch. Oh, you've got the grandstand there, and then you've got, you can stand anywhere around the pitch. There's covered terracing behind one of the goals, and it's great. And it's the same thing, Sean. I find that you you summed up our growth very well, that everyone's just very friendly and everyone's just really pleased to see there. And I think if you tell them you are from out of town, they will go out their way to be hospitable for you. I would say that, I know it's perhaps not the best thing in Scotland, but I'd say that about Stenhouse Muir, very, very friendly place to come uh, for away fans. If you if you were SW ground topper, if you came to Oakleview and said that you were like up from, I don't know where, London, I think it might, you might be from Europe, from London, they would really go out their way to accommodate you. And and so I, I'd, uh, I'd recommend that. But I'd like to think that most small teams in Scotland uh, are like that with away supporters. Um, other ones I'd say that are nice, uh, Ibrox is a, is a good stadium to go to. Uh, no, come on, it is. Uh, Ibrox is a good stadium to go to. I know you're making faces. Um, uh, for, for who? For, for who is Ibrox a Rangers fans? As long as SW Groundhopper supports Rangers or the Conservative <laughs> Party, uh, then you'll have a fucking great time there. I suppose that answers the question from Lewis McFarlane. In your opinion, what are the best away days in the lower leagues? I suppose that covers it. Um, that, that answers that question. But there's, there's a lot of richness. Remember we were, the 442 published their uh, greatest grounds in Europe. I think the, the hundreds grounds in Ibrox and Celtic Park were, were one and two respectively. Which is odd. I, I thought like Villa Park or something might have gone. Villa Park generally considered to be really good. But Balmour was in there. I, that's, I thought I would never have put Balmer. That was 74, not right? Aye, but even so, like, I would have put that in terms of Scottish grounds, I'd have put Balmer down quite... It's not as good as... So it's not as good as someplace like... So if you want someplace uh, similar, uh, it's nowhere near as good as Borough Briggs. Oh, Borough Briggs is a great ground. Nah. Borough Briggs and, and that was then at all. Yeah. Yeah, Borough Briggs excellent. Even like Berwick or somewhere like that. You know, like, like Shieldfield Park's a fantastic ground. Is that enough? Pardon? Then Shieldfield's good. Oh, aye. I love going to Shieldfield. The social club's right next to the ground. You can go into the Ducket. It's, it's great. I really like Shieldfield. And Berwick's a nice wee town as well to, to go and visit. I mean, I, I don't get wrong. I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know if I would have it in my uh, my, my top 100. I'd have it. Likewise, uh, Balmure. The Rex was there as well. Uh, I, I wouldn't be having Aloha in my top 100 in Britain. Nice though, I mean the view, the view's nice, that's the real local view. I literally the only thing in the I, I do find it a bit frustrating that Aloha have that view 
of the Ocals. Uh, but Senny barely have any view of the Ocals, but they're called Ocal View. You can see my, I almost see my uh, mum and stepdad's house from Ocal View. Well, there you go, another, another aspect. Look at them and see what they're doing in my old room. Anyway, uh, what do you make of League One? Why is division, assuming that's why is the division? What do you make of League One? Why is the division so compact outside of the relegation places? That's from Duncan McNabb. I think the answer to that, there's um, a real lack of obvious quality in that league. You'd have to look at Queen's Park and Falkirk as the two most obvious teams to, to challenge and feature at the top of the table. Queen's Park's problem is they're dropping silly points in games that they really shouldn't, you know, dropping points in the opening day of season to East Fife, dropping points to 10-man Aloha, uh, losing a last-minute equaliser to Clyde, almost uh, dropping points at Peterhead at the weekend. And But once they do that, I'm sure they've got a, they'll have a real good chance. And Falkirk, for me, and people watching might say differently, I think it's a, a real lack of cutting edge up front. They're creating loads of chances, just not putting them away. And at the back, they're making daft mistakes on a consistent basis. That's probably why there's the, the top two there. Um, but I suppose the teams are all all just all very evenly matched. You know, that's quite an obvious thing to say, but when you go through the squads, for the say the teams outside of Falkirk and Queen's Park, go through the, the squads, they're very much a much of a muchness between them. See, see I, I think you can include Falkirk and Queen's Park to a degree in terms of your much of a muchness. So uh, this, this Falkirk, certainly, in fact, this Falkirk squad, this very much looks like a team that has spent three seasons in League One. It looks like a team that is spending less money on their squad and is scaled back, which is fine because you've been in League One for, for quite a while now. But it only looks a wee bit better than most other teams in League One, whereas Queen's Park, which is also a, a, an interesting one, and in that we, I think we expected them to in the League Two, but it looked like they were spending, not a fortune, but they were spending a good bit of money mm-hmm. to, to get out of League Two, and it's like, right, well, you're going to continue to spend money to, to get into the championship. But it kind of, it doesn't feel like they have done that over the summer. It looks like they've, and maybe this is why, maybe this is why Ray McKinnon left. It looks like they've, they've kind of, uh, they've, they've kind of spent some money to, no, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. I know what you mean. I, I know what you mean. They have, they have bolstered their squad, but they haven't bolstered it with, names it doesn't yeah. feel like they've spent an absolute fortune they have brought in some some good players and players that could get them out of uh, League One but it doesn't feel like it's a foregone conclusion that Queen's Park are going to win that league no you know something that's like compared to compared to 12 months ago for instance you look at that team and you think wow that team's good enough to hold its own in League One wasn't quite a championship ready squad as uh, one former Scotland talisman said on the television uh, also had only watched Connor Shields play the once. Probably one of my favourite clips from the uh, the, the, the coverage is, what well, you think, Connor Shields? Only seen him play the once. But anyway, we're, 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 we're getting, getting sidetracked there. But I think that, that Queen's Park have... See, have see if you want to talk about, uh, see if you want to talk about commentators. I did like, uh, I did like how much Rory Loy mm. has been, has been talked up recently. Uh, but then he said that Dunfermline's defeat to Elgin uh, recently was really embarrassing. And it was never, a game that didn't take place. 
However, he must have checked his Twitter page at half time and saw that loads of people were digging him out for it. It was like, and very quick, it was seconds into the second half. He was like, uh, he got that right. I was going to, I mean, Sean and I just, uh, we we're going to be recording a Patreon about um, the Wraith Rovers Dunfermline game, talk about the wider consequences for both sides. Probably Dunfermline on the more interesting side that I won't discuss. But I was going to talk about Rory Law and just say he's an absolutely fantastic uh, co-commentator considering he's only done it a, a handful of times I think he's really aye, is, is, he, he may be as good as we've got at this moment of time aye uh, he'll, and he'll get better because there, there's, there's when you listen to him he compares you to Wordy at times but compared to some of the other people that are uh, from the national broadcaster ourselves included <laughs> no we're not including ourselves but there are some people the national broadcasters who just aren't uh, don't do their homework and don't do their research and to me, listening to him, it sounds like he feels like it's like quite. He's lucky to be there, and so he just wants to create a really, really good. But he wants to be there. Like, it, like yes. it, it feels yeah. like he's lucky to be there, and he wants to get as much in as possible. I mean, even watching him at the the Berwick versus Gretna 2008 Scottish Cup game, you could just tell he had a real zeal for football. And I recorded a podcast with him back in 2018 when he just moved from Falkirk to Dumbarton and I was I was in his company for it was over two sessions because there was a, a malfunction one of the the final part but I was in his company for about cumulatively four hours and I thought this guy's class this guy will be a pundit and it's probably one of the only few things I've ever predicted would is going to correct him <laughs> absolutely tough. so ah, there's a, a good wee pop for Rory Loy not sure why that came into discussion about uh, why League One is so compact outside the relegation places but Duncan Thank you for the question. We're sorry we didn't answer it. Um, here's one from Stuart Thompson. This is quite an interesting one. Um, without major changes to the finances at either club, what do you think the current ceiling is for Stennismuir and for Wraith Rovers? Uh, for Wraith Rovers, it would be a, a very, a very low-level Premiership club. And uh, I mean, bear in mind for the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, it's been a kind of mid-table League One club and mid-table championship club. So how how do you elevate that? Can it really go any further than a, a, a very much a, a team that could be in the Premiership that is fighting relegation and a, a mid-table championship club? And I, I, I don't even think that that would necessarily be something that I would expect. But in terms of, in terms of a ceiling, I, I do think that's about as far as we can go. I think for part-time clubs, you look at Aloha and our growth as examples of what you want to of what you want to achieve, where you can hold your own in the championship. Because a lot of it comes down to like recruitment, you know, like signing sign the right players. Obviously, wages come down to it, but identifying and signing the right players. And I remember with Stennis Muir, they saw themselves, and this is until the, the season I have just now, right now. But they saw themselves as wanted to emulate what East Fife do and be a, a good, solid, upward-looking League One club that is never really going to be bothered by relegation, but will always be looking to, to be involved in a top-four discussion and maybe even kick on one stage further. And I think that that's something that all part-time clubs in Scotland can can emulate to. I know that there'll be a big However, in terms of... But what I would say is that generally East Five haven't been in that discussion. Like, they have been for the last three or four years. I, I think it was... That, that, even, even that's unusual for East Five. Aye, I think it, he, he was just using a club who were quite like a moderate, like a similar sized club who were who were doing quite well for themselves, and that, that was East Fife. And I thought, yes, that is the sort of team that you 
maybe not East Fife, but that profile is what you want to fit. Like uh, mid-table, League One, upward looking with an aim of maybe going one step further. But uh, it's not going to bloody happen this season anyway. <laughs> uh, who is the most underrated player in the Lowland Leagues and why is it Graham Webster? Asks Blair Ruxton. Uh, Graham Webster is good, but he takes a lot of penalties. Always seems to be scoring penalties. Oh, because they count, they count less, don't they? It, right, okay, but he, he scores a lot of penalties, is what, I, is what I'm saying. He's a very good player. He scores a lot of penalties. Who, who would be the most underrated then? Uh, you, you've, like, you've so, got somebody, that's, somebody that's not heralded. I'm you've, trying you've, to got think. My, you've got me in the back foot here. I'll go for maybe, like, I know he's scoring lots of goals at the moment, so I don't know how if he's underrated or not, but a player who I thought was a, a strange signing at the time, but has turned out to be an absolutely phenomenal attacker, Michael McKenna at Arbroath. I think he's a really good player. He's, he's got a very specific role within that team, but he does it very well. And he's a strange player because he's not, he's not a midfielder. He's not a striker. He's not like a wide player. He's not like an attacking midfielder. He's not like a number 10, but he's like a forward so just like a sort of in, indistinguishable uh, attacking player, but it really, really works what he does. And he's so energetic and he's, he's he, a great, great player. Very important player for, for, for Dick Campbell's side. What about, uh, and, and I appreciate he's getting a lot of, uh, he's getting a lot of inches, press inches now, but Dario Zanatta, in that like nobody really, so, so Partick, he had a, a bad time at Partick, he had a bad time at Ayr. He signed for Wraith Rovers and a lot of Wraith Rovers fans did not have a lot of time for him but he has now scored something like 6 and 13 and he very rarely scores a goal that isn't from about 25 yards. A lot of people, Sean, I didn't put these in this these the, these questions because we're going to be talking about them later but a lot of the questions must have been three or four that came in and says, can Dario Zanatta only score when he comes in from the left onto his right foot? Yes, but that's fine. That's fine. See, if he does it every single week, I, I, do, I, I don't have an issue with that. Uh, no, nobody complained when Aryan Robin was doing it. No. No, no likewise. The, I've, I've said it before, I'm not sure if he's underrated, but uh, Liam Brown at Queen's Park's a player that I really, really like as well. I remember seeing him for Edinburgh City last season and thinking he's a, such a talent, he should not be playing in League Two next year because he can just control the middle of the park, uses the ball so well. Always just seems to be like half a second faster and up here than, than, than everyone else. And it's good to see him playing at Queen's Park. Although when I saw him play against Cove Rangers, he was playing like a number 10. I know that's the number in the back of his shirt. I think he's better used in a deeper role. But I think he's really good in, and has a, been a, a good signing for, for, for the Spiders. Mm. Scott Brown, I know he's not underrated. Scott Brown at Peterhead, everyone really likes him. Yeah. That might be about that in terms of underrated. Stuart Carswell at Dumbarton? No. Okay. Yeah, he's okay. People think he's okay. We think he's okay. Okay. So I think we can, we'll just, you know what, just for these, we'll just agree with Blair Ruxton. Graham Webster is the most underrated player in the lower leagues, penalties aside. Here's, here's one. This is a tricky one. Now, similar to the recent SPFL Scotland Delivering Patreon, who would uh, Craig Telfer and Sean McGuigan like to see in a lower league Scotland Delivering and take on oh. similar jobbers from another lower league side? And you know, this is from Greg P. This will take forever. If, if we have literally to come up with a, an 11 that I haven't really thought about previously, this could take forever. Uh, I, I think there's a question about a five aside team. We could answer that. All right, okay, right. Sorry, Greg. That's that's your question is too difficult for Sean to answer. 
we're going to skip on. We're going to skip on one. If if that is if that is the yin, this question is very much the yang. Each this is from Fraser Elgin. Each choose a five-a-side team with the five worst lower league players you have seen. The teams must be chosen with the expressed purposes of losing the game. I, I'll, you know, something. I'll go first. I'm going to put the goalkeeper. I'm going to put uh, Stennis Muir's current backup goalkeeper Ryan Marshall in the goals. Uh, Ryan Marshall signed, of course, from from Broomhill Sports Club Glasgow. <laughs> um, the, the, the big problem, yeah, of course, like the big problem that, that Ryan Marshall has is that he's like uh, Claudio Bravo at Manchester City. Remember when he was playing there, or Vasilis Barkas at Celtic? That when you shoot, you're going to score because he can't save shots. He, he, he cannot save shots. Uh, shots just shots just pass through his body like like a spectre, and his performance. And the 4-1 defeat at home to Kelty Hearts really needs to be seen to be believed. It was all the hallmarks, actually, of a goalkeeper and five asides who had gone in because it was his turn and just didn't want to be in goals again. But I'd, I'd certainly nominate him as his goalie. Uh, for, for my goalkeeper, I would go for uh, Andrew McNeil. So, I mean, there, there was loads of evidence. There was loads of evidence that Andrew McNeil is now a very good goalkeeper. I, I remember when... I think Scotland got to the under-19 European Championship final, something like that, uh, and, and we lost. And then that, that gave us qualification to the under-20 World Cup. And I remember staying up, I think it was in Canada. I remember staying up for the first game and we played, I think it was Japan. And Japan scored the goal from about 55 yards over Andy McNeil's head. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure Andy McNeil is ever going to be a very good goalkeeper. And then we we signed them after they'd had a, a, a fairly saying they had a, a dreadful season. <laughs> Regardless, we we played we we picked them up during the the season where we went head to head with Dunfermline mm-hmm. for a good bit. But we we had David McGurn, and then we uh, John McGlynn dropped uh, uh, McGurn for uh, for him, and I was like, right, well. Okay, well, maybe he sees maybe he sees something something from in, in training that, that we're not seeing. Maybe Andy McNeil is is a far better goalkeeper than I anticipated. I remember him being at fall for two goals against Cowdenbeath and a two all draw that, that pretty much surrendered the, the the title bid. And then we played him against the film next week, and he uh, he was he was more nervous than a cat in a kennel is the only <laughs> way I could describe it. I, I've never seen anything like it. And, and as much as Wraith Rovers fans would have uh, a statue of, of John McGlynn if we ever get promoted to the Premiership, there's still a wee bit about me that thinks, why on earth did you drop the best goalkeeper Wraith Rovers have had for 20 years for Andy McNeil? It doesn't make any sense. No, it, it doesn't make... I suppose though Andy McNeil kind of would give me the impression that he's very good in training, that he can pull off saves and shots and do all the good stuff in training. But when it comes to actual real stuff, it's just the pressure. Like, you just kind of deal with, uh, with pressure. He, uh, he, he eventually took up a job uh, with, with the Chinese FA where he was training uh, Chinese goalkeepers. Okay, if anyone knows uh, the standard of uh, Chinese goalkeepers, please, again, send us a tweet alongside, uh, maybe thread it with the Claudia Schiffer, David Copperfield one from, from earlier. I was trying to think out, outfield. I, I suppose it's like you can only really think. I, I was trying to think of guys out with my own club that, that I've seen, and I'm just like, he was rubbish. But there was a tweet that you put out, Sean, about a Cowden beef striker 
He was a Slovenian, a Slovakian striker. <laughs> Do you know who I'm talking about? Juricic. Aye. What was, what was he like? Uh, dreadful. He only, he was only ever about, like his, so his, uh, his hype video lasted about seven minutes, but that was roughly about as long as he lasted in Cowden Beef. So I've got, I'll, I'll, I'll nominate a story. This is one from Stenny. This is a guy we had on loan from, from Partick Thistle back in 2011. His name's Sean Fraser. And there's another Sean Fraser that went on to play for a couple of junior teams in, in Queen's Park. This is a different Sean Fraser. Sean Fraser uh, came through the Thistle Academy. I think he might have scored in his debut for Thistle, bundling the ball into the net before coming on loan to us. And on his profile on the website, it said he, he's very sporty. He had the choice when he was early, in his early teens to follow a football path or a rugby path and chose a football path. And I very much want to say that rugby's loss is also football's loss because he is like singularly the most limited footballer I've ever seen. <laughs> You know, there's, there's guys. You know, there's guys you see at your club, and you say he's not very good. But there's obviously a bit of ability about him, like he can pass and he looks fit. He came on against. We play up at up at four for Athletic. He came on as a substitute, and as soon as he touched the ball, you're thinking this guy just doesn't look like a football player. And I think he made three appearances for Stennis Muir, racking up about forty minutes worth of game time. And I said, this is this is this is one of like most limited footballers I've ever seen in my life uh, and I think he, after leaving Thistle he went into he's a good looking boy I think he went on to do modelling uh, so, right. so fair play to him I'm sure he's I'm sure he'd uh, laugh in the face of me and I just have to sit and take it but in terms of we're not here to talk about good looks we're here to talk about football you ever seen you ever seen Sean Glengarry Glen Ross you know Alec Baldwin's motivational yes. speech uh-huh. there's a bit in it where he's like good father fuck you, go home and play with your kids. So it doesn't really matter if you're a nice, good-looking boy. If you don't have the minerals for it, then away up the road. Yes. Yes, that's effective. So that's, that's effective. You could you could maybe apply that to um, these football teams. I'm sure that uh, Daniel Juricic and, and Andy McNeil, Ryan Marshall and so on, these guys were giving a hard time to our nice guys, but fuck you, go home and play with your kids. My, uh, my, my dreadful players were all players that kind of made it. Right. Uh, but were dreadful as I watched them. So they included, uh, my defender was Ross Perry. Oh, of course. Uh, my midfielder was between Scott Roberts and Barry Mackay. And you know something? I, I just really dislike Barry Mackay. So so that's my midfielder. And then, so 1-1-1, one, 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 and then that leaves me with two, two forwards was, in terms of me seeing them at the time and thinking, both of these players are going right out of Scottish football and they're going to be t- participating in junior, junior, uh, the kind of junior ranks uh, very soon. Kevin Nisbet and Lauren Shankland. Well, well, well. They, they are probably listening to it just now, sitting on a throne made of gold and just having a right laugh at you, Sean. No, but in all honesty, uh, Nisbet was dreadful for Dumbarton, dreadful for Ayr. And Shankland, and I can't remember if I was at if I was either at Morton or St Martin, and he came on as a sub, and he was just, and I, I don't mean he was he was overweight in terms of a normal person, but from a, a professional football perspective, he was he he was big, and you're like right, well he's he's going to be at Pollock in the next in the next six months, and yet here we are, uh, not not getting a, not getting a for beer shot. 
Exactly. I I love a beer shot. Just I love a shot of a beer just now. <laughs> uh, the other one, a fullback called Tommy Lennox played for Berwick Rangers. I remember beating Berwick. I think it was two 0 This is a few years ago. Beating them two 0 I've been university times. So I was in the two thousand eight season, and Tommy Lennox is dreadful. It's weird that that stuck out as a one of the all time worst performances. I couldn't tell you anything else about Tommy Lennox. Other than he was absolutely dreadful in that game. Um, and no one will ever heard of him. That's, that's the other thing. Uh, the boy that played for Albion Rovers a few years ago, Larry Aqua. Do you know? Do you, do you know who this guy is? I I have not. Uh, I don't recall him. Like it, it sounds like you've just made them up. No, no, no Larry no, no. Aqua. It sounds like it, it sounds like he'd been arrested by the police, and you're thinking of a name, and you've been arrested <laughs> next to sort of body of water. He's <laughs> 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 looking around there. Um, <laughs> Larry Aqua. No, Larry Aqua was a big guy that they, they'd signed. He no idea where he could come from and no idea where he went either. There's a Paul Martin signing. He was fucking rapid. Like, absolutely rapid. That's a start. That's I, I a start. Remember, I remember interviewing John Gemmell, who played alongside him, and, and Larry, he could take... He'd such a bad first touch <laughs> that he would get the ball in the halfway line and his first touch would take it like all the way down to the penalty spot but he was so fast, he could actually catch up with it before the goalkeeper would get there. Um, so I'd have him in there because I remember thinking, like seeing football like pace, pace, it's like if, you've got, if you're have got a manager and you've got a fast player, pace can cover up so many limitations. It's just this guy couldn't do anything other than run. He was absolutely shocking. So I, that's it. Sean Fraser, Larry Aqua, Tommy Lennox, Ryan Marshall, and let's see... I see who else can can go and go in there. You know what? I'm going for a full full frontal three pronged attack with Tommy Lennox swinging up behind him. I'm going for Denon Lewis as my other striker, the Falkirk striker who was on loan from from Watford. And it all comes down to that one moment in the game against Dunfermline Athletic. They shifted the ball out. Where if you didn't know any better, you would think, well, that's a really good piece of defending there. Yeah, he had a chance to shoot. Shet let the ball run across him, and and that was a. it's just the noise of the, the, the south stand as he's getting absolute pelters. Quite right. Dreadful player and somebody who just seemed like a bit of a, a, a twat on social, in social media um, afterwards. So, yeah, that's it. So, Ryan Marshall, Ryan Marshall goes, Tommy Lennox, and then a front three of Sean Fraser, Larry Aqua, and, and Darren Lewis. I, I think my team would beat yours. I, I, well, given the fact... Well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's yeah, the fact. Given you've got a former Ranger superstar uh, uh, anchoring your defence, and of course they're going to win. Fair and, play. and two Scotland strikers. And and two Scotland strikers. Uh, let's see. How long do you think Dunfermline board will persevere? We'll talk Peter Grant in the, the main show. What would our... This is, this is, this is from Andrew Neil, um, presumably not the, the disgraced TV news presenter. What would our bros do if they actually got promoted? Is a part-time team in the top flight possible? Uh, I, I think it's possible. I, I think they would finish bottom. I, I, think, th- I think they would finish bottom with about uh, 16 points. I'd say, say unless, unless they went full-time which would be, you'd think that they, to give themselves a chance, they, have to go, they would have to go full-time. I think that it's one thing running up against like guys, like fit boys that aren't very good in the championship, but you step up a level where there is a big markup in quality there. You're coming against the guys that are very fit and decent. Even the teams like County and stuff will be decent and, and better organised. And I think that, that just having good players 
only goes so far. You need to give yourself a wee bit extra because if you're not good enough, you better be fit enough. And I think that's would be a disadvantage. But maybe if, if our growth would were to go up, they would um, just stay part time, bag the money, and then just like that would be the club stable for the, the rest of their days. I think they would, good, they would give a good account of themselves. However, I, I think if you go back the last three seasons, they've they've been reliant on a on a loan player. Uh, you go back two seasons ago, Craig Whiten probably nudged them out of bother. Uh, the season after that, Jack Hamilton probably kept their nose above water. This season, Joe Newbley is, it, it's actually different this season because I, I think they have a good squad and Joe Newbley might be the difference between mid-table and, and, and top four. But regardless, if they were to get into the, the Premiership next season, where is Dick Campbell going to go for his for his loan players? Because it would still feel like they would still need something, and and he might get that. And I'm not entirely sure, but I, I think they would. I, I think they would really toil, and I think they would they would have a, a pretty low points tally. I think the thing as well. I, I don't think that Dick Campbell has any interest whatsoever in being a full time manager. I, I think he enjoys his golf holidays too much, and you can't really do that when you've got a, a full time team to to manage. So, I, but but I don't think they would go full time. I don't right. go full time. I suppose you have to give yourself the best chance. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I suppose then you get the usual pencil neck saying that oh it's embarrassing for Scottish football. How can we sell our TV deal when we've got a part time team in a full time division? Oh my god! Because it's a good laugh, isn't it? I, that's exactly what I would say. Sean, you and Doyle wants to know what is the best beach in Fife. Uh, so St Andrews is very nice. Uh, Aberdour is nice. Uh, Kirkcaldy is, isn't so great. Uh, Petticoat is very nice, uh, and, and Kinghorn is very nice. That would be my that would be my tough one. It's, it's difficult to argue against uh, St Andrews. However, if you wanted like a nice wee one that's kind of out the way, uh, that, that probably nobody else has, has discovered. I would say Pettiger. Okay, I've literally never heard of Pettiger. It's, it's uh, really nice. That's nice. Um, don't want to go St Andrews. Too many Americans. Um, here's, this is a dual question. This is uh, one from Drunky Monkey. This is a man with a Family Guy avatar in 2021. And another follow-up question for Mike Langstaff. So these are going to like uh, like run these two together. But Drunky Monkey asks, what is the best food at a lower league ground? And uh, Mike Langstaff, a follow-up to that, said, should Airdrie get a points deduction each time they sell a mince pie and label it as steak, their excuse being it's minced steak? Some of the best food, first of all, Sean. Like, I, I'll be honest with you, I am not a man who eats so, football. So so, so this, this is an interesting question. I'll I tell you what happens with, with myself. I, I, I don't normally eat at the football. And, and no. the reason I don't normally eat at the football is because it kicks off at three, and then it finishes at approximately 10 to 5. So I normally have lunch at about the back of 12 or the back of 1. So I don't really need anything to eat between 3 and, and quarter, quarter to 5. Because then you're going home and you're having your dinner at, I don't know, in the back of 6 or, or, mm-hmm. or 7. I might have a pie if I go to a Scotland game at the back of 7, 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I have had pies at the football, but I am no expert when it comes to... Uh, Pies at, at, at various grounds. I did like a haggis pie at Ross County, but they are not they're, they're not lower league anymore. I was lower league at the time, but they 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 uh, they're not lower league anymore. But I am I, I, 
and in terms of the, the the best lower league pie, I don't know because eating between three and, and quarter to five is, in my opinion, unusual. The the one Sean I was thinking I don't normally eat the ga- uh, games myself, so I'm not the best person to comment. But I would say there was a tweet a couple of months ago from David Stoker, sort of very well known uh, guy who goes to loads of lower league football matches. That not just like lower league football, he goes to football all the time. It must have been about sixty games already this season. Fair play to him, smashing guys, big David. But he posted a picture from Armadale Thistle of a Donner kebab pie. Did you see yeah, it? I, I, I'm not so sure about that. Don't get me wrong, I would sample it, oh, but I, I, I don't know if I could endorse it without without sampling it. I, I, I mean, that doesn't sound right. He gave it nine stars. Well, to be fair, he he sampled a lot of pies. I mean, I mean, literally, he does does a pie review. He's been to about sixty games this season. Uh, I I mean, I, I don't I don't follow him. I, I find his output quite dull. But regardless, he he eats a lot of pies, and if he's given it nine out of ten. That's uh, it's difficult to, uh, to to not endorse it. No, smashing guy, David. Certainly, last time I've seen him might have been at uh, an Albion Overs game in midweek that, that he and I happened to be at. But no, good guy, and certainly someone that knows his pies. And I want that uh, Donner pie right this second. What about the question from Mike Langstaff about Airdrie getting a point deduction when they sell their so-called steak pies? Uh, no, no, that seems harsh. And okay. I would just, I would just, I would just say they they can't sell it as as steak pies. Okay, that's that's the yes. You don't want to into, into the trading standards to get involved with football matters. I, I, I tell you what, I would say. I remember the last time, the last time I was at Rugby Park, which is a lot, a lot of years ago now. I remember they said that I, I did go for a pie. I think it was a midweek game, and they said that they were selling that genuine. That it was genuine Scotch pies from Wales, and I wasn't entirely sure how that worked. Aye, that's um, aye. Stuart's inquiry into into that one again. There's another thread to the tweet. If you can explain that uh, alongside Claudia Schiffer and David uh, Copperfield, I can't remember what the other one was. Um, what was the other one? Aye, I, I can't remember. Doesn't doesn't matter. Goodness, it was ages ago. Aye, God, we've been been talking here for nearly an hour, Sean, and we're going to keep on going because how long did it take Telford to get the flooring done? It took, um, that's a two-prong question, by the way, how long did it take the flooring to get done? The guys were in three times. The first time was to rip up the carpet and screed the floor, but because it's an older flat, the floor is uneven and they need to let it dry longer. So they were in for a wee bit on the Thursday in on the Friday to put down the full, wait for that to dry, then put it more down, leave it to dry over the weekend and in on the Monday. And that's when a lot of the work was done on the Monday. That's when all the tiling went down. Um, so yeah, there, there you go, Alex, to answer your question. There's their three days. I took a wee bit of time to wait for them as well because they're a busy company, but certainly well worth the wait. But anyway, how worried are you for Stennis Muir given their poor start? And a, a few people have asked, so little Alex Marrow is one of them, Matt Reed, and somebody, one team in Glasgow, somebody choosing to stay anonymous on Twitter asking about Steny. How worried am I for Steny? Very worried. And the reason I'm very worried is simply because of this relegation trap door that's in place. If you're not very good, the danger you get sucked to the bottom of the table and you've got to face off against Fraserborough or Bonnie Rig Rose Athletic. Two pretty handy sides that I imagine could hold their own in League Two. I think the, the, the problem we've got, I'm just going to repeat the points I made on, on last week's podcast that said the signings haven't been brilliant. 
The manager doesn't know how to get the best out of them. He's tried like Ross Forbes, for instance, in four different positions and he's not played well in any of them. He's used four different players at right back in 14 competitive matches. He's used uh, four different players at left back. He's gone through three different central defence combinations. And it just seems to me that at this stage of the season, we're eight league games in. Knowing at the first quarter yet, we're just throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks. Like at the weekend, there he started playing a, a left, a right back at left back. The guy Michael Miller, who brought came in from Air United, supposedly to shore up the defence, he started playing at right back, and it's just it, it just looks all over the place. And you really need to find an answer soon because lost to Elgin, who aren't a good side, lost to and Elgin had two shots on goal and scored with them both. And, and then uh, that you early in the month you, you draw one one with Cowden Beef, and that's a Cowden Beef team who hadn't trained or played in two weeks because of the coronavirus and had a squad of 14 players to pick from and they were all like in different positions because they, they, they couldn't get a proper team out. Um, and if you can't beat these sides, then you're asking, geez, oh, then, then where, uh, where you, where's the wind coming from? You know? Uh, so I, I, I am worried. And we've got Forfar Athletic on Saturday. Forfar are a good side. I imagine they'll be one of the sides looking to finish behind Kelty as the best of the rest. So, aye, he really needs to get a combination that that works. I mean, just being in the, the wee bar of the supporters on the Sunday, the Saturday even, uh, looking at the team lines and trying to figure out what we were looking to do, just I can't make any, any sense of it, Sean. And it's just, I think that, you know, as a fan, you try to think, well, here's a team I would like, you know better than the manager, here's a team I'd put out. I genuinely don't know what you do with these players because they're all much of muchness. How didn't Beath look like the worst team in the world on Saturday against Stirling Amos? So, so that might be your saving grace. Well, we drew, but that was, like I say, we drew 1-1 with Cowden Beath, who hadn't... Uh, hadn't that's, if you're going to take a guy who's one of the worst teams in the, in the division, worst teams in the SPFL, who haven't trained or played in, in two weeks and can't, uh, can only put a, a squad of 14 on the match and you still can't beat them, then you're asking the questions, fuck, then it's bad. So I, I am worried. I am worried. And... and the team, the team's been quite expensively put together as well, so it's a disgrace that we are where we are. And I really hope there's an upturn in form. I really hope it works out. I don't like being here complaining about my football team. Want to be here talking about wins, and we're not talking about wins. We're just talking about the exact same stuff I spoke about last week. And it's embarrassing. Mark McDonald's asking. I, I, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. <laughs> Mark McDonald's asks, is, yeah, Craig, have you made it to a Pollock game yet? If not, why not? Best team to go and watch in Glasgow. Mark, no, I haven't. Why? Because I've no interest. One from, we answered that one from Fraser Elgin. Uh, final one for this one, Sean. So there's questions people have asked me about the, the flat, and it's good to know that, that, that people are interested. And it leads me to believe I could start a YouTube channel about my home improvements. Uh, there might be an audience for it. Probably not. Maybe see if I can get a, a, a sponsorship deal with Antico. Maybe get the my uh, the flooring done in my hall. But anyway, a uh, final question here is from Duncan Mackay. Why did you think you couldn't drink Glasgow tap water? I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest here. I never see when you put that question in the group chat. I didn't, I didn't answer immediately because I was like, right, well, is, is he joking? But then several other people did jump on it, and then and it became aware that you were genuinely asking if Glasgow tap water was was available to drink. It was a sincere question. I was actually a bit taken aback by the 
so, so, so do you think, so, so obviously you've been brought up in FK5. Yep. Did you think there was there was elements of, of this country where you can't drink tap water? I'm thinking like down at London or places like that where you, where uh-huh. you, where you can't but, drink But you water. haven't moved to London, I suppose <laughs> it would be the, the query. I just thought it's because you've moved to a, bit, a big city, it's certainly a lot bigger than FK5, that you might need to change your drinking habits. And that's it was just it was a it was, a, it was like the question came it was asked in good faith that, um, that that whether or not you can drink water from a tap. I, I asked my friends, can you drink water from a tap? And they were like, this is this is a bit. Because after one question, like, how do you use a, what's the point of a spin cycle? Was one how do you dry clothes in a flat? These were all sincere questions that 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 I, I genuinely need answers with, and, and they weren't they weren't forthcoming. Some of these feels some of shows you've had a bit a bit of a naive upbringing. And every now and again, if I can, uh, I, ho- I hope that doesn't seem too harsh. No, some of this feels like I've had a, a, a naive upbringing. How do I dry clothes? I've loved myself free, but like, how do you dry clothes in a flat without making them smell? Just, just hang them over a clothes horse. But then how do you put it next to a radiator? Yes. Right. I'm trying to dry bed sheets at the moment. It's uh, proving to be an absolute nightmare. I've taken oh, that's, have, you got a, have you got a big... You got a big uh, radio, bigish. Yeah, go for that. Go for that approach. Right. I'll let you know how it goes. If, if you need them, if you need them dried quickly. Okay. Well, we'll see if they've been drying for the best part of the day. I can imagine going to bed in soggy bed sheets tonight. She's <laughs> would be horrible. I mean, nobody, no, 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 no man deserves to. I, go- I wouldn't like that. I, I wouldn't like that. You want to go to bed wet? Hey, is there anything else to say, Sean? I've got quite enjoyed that. I, that was a that was a random uh, hour or so, but it was it was absolutely fine. It was. We'll do, we'll do another one of these at some point soon. It's just I think that the problem I'm having at the moment, Sean. I don't know about yourself. It's just when it comes to when, the, when a view for the terrace starts back up, trying to balance that with your with your own job is is difficult. Is I, difficult. I, so I work uh, I work four days a week, uh, so I could uh, do the show on a Wednesday. Uh, but if we're so if we are doing the show, I actually don't have a day off. So yeah. when we generally do these shows, I, I have a day off and I can watch lower league football and, and keep up with, with Pine Bovril. But if we're, if we're doing the show, it's a wee bit more difficult to, to kind of keep up with. I found that last night. I fully intended to go back. We, I think you and I discussed a couple of games we were going to look at and I fully intended to watch them. But see when I got back in last night, knackered, absolutely knackered. Just uh, sat down and had a think. Yeah, the we think. What were you thinking about? Just this girl. Uh, but we'll 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 save that for another time. Um, <laughs> listen, Sean and I are just about to go and record a page, and we're going to be looking at last night's Fife Derby, the one-one draw between Wraith Rovers and Dunfermline Athletic. That's going to be your Patreon account. So make sure you subscribe to that. You can buy it for two dollars a month. I think that translates at roughly two pounds a month give or take a couple of pens uh, and it's, it's different tier system so please do that because your money is uh, always gratefully uh, received and there's just tons of content and there's like a podcast a day going up uh, and, and and there's a podcast where they really do reviews you talk about still game and shit like that so uh, if you like I mean if you like still game then and then that, that's the one for you I, I don't like it I, I think it's quite cheesy and doesn't make me laugh and I, I don't understand anybody that likes it but that that's the thing I think I find still game very broad. Like like I, I don't find it funny myself. I 
I found chewing the fat funny. I thought chewing the fat, I know that that's where Jack and Victor started off and then chewing the fat. But about three episodes and then you realised that every joke was the same every week. I some of them were some of them were good though, and some of the stuff actually are words and phrases that I still use in my everyday life. I thought chewing the fat was very funny, but I just think it's like it's there's no punchlines, it's just swearing. It's like old people swearing, and that's not it's not funny. But but don't tell anybody that that listens to the podcast about uh no. So maybe if you want to, to listen to Craig Fowler tell you why old people swearing is funny, then <laughs> give it a go. But I'm gonna I am going to and give us your money to do so. And, and yes. don't don't believe us when, when we tell you it's shit. I if, if you the, the podcast is very good into the other podcast excellent. What podcast? Is there not a podcast about the, the television show? Our television show is still game. It's still game. Yeah, aye. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Craig Fowler does it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, right. so the podcast is, I'm sure, is excellent, but the, ah. the television show, less so. Right, yes. I remember Methadone Mick when they brought him into it. I'd, I'd, I'd given up. I'd, I'd given up uh, by about episode three, uh, series one. You last a lot longer than I did then. <laughs> but anyway, Sean, thank you very much. I will see you shortly. And thank you very much for listening. Take care and enjoy your football. Sports Social Podcast Network.